0: What's going on, everybody? This is the Educated Fan. I'm Brandon, and I'm joined here by my best friend, your co host, Andrew Moore. Welcome to episode 20, buddy.
1: How's it going, brother? How was your week? It
0: was a week. Yeah. Had my volleyball tournament. Yeah, how'd that go? Got third. We uh, won three matches in a row, didn't lose a single game in those matches. Won the uh, first game in the last in the next match, and then we lost three games in a row, and we we were out.
1: Hey, you started out strong, but uh, hey, that third's still respectable. I'm
0: just telling you, I it was so hot. I think honestly we were just worn out because we were. I think we were like second in the bracket, mm-hmm. so our side of the our side of the bracket was a little tougher. We played and beat two twice in a row, probably the best team definitely the best player in in our division nice and uh i mean that took everything in us i think so i think by the time we got around to uh you know that last couple of matches we were just beat but it was fun we had a good time
1: yeah you were you're not lying when you said it was hot i uh i got to spend yeah hot one out today huh yeah i uh i got to spend the week at the lake uh went out to my girlfriend's lake place basically just lived in the water the whole time Indulged in plenty of adult beverages, um, got on quite a few boat rides, and then literally just got home and we're recording this podcast, but uh, I'm excited to talk Training Camp Preview with you today, my guy. That
0: is right, Andrew. We do have uh, some Training Camp Preview chat going on this week, as well as, I mean, a ton of NFL news. Uh, We almost recorded early this week. And God, we didn't. Right. I mean, we almost recorded early uh, on Tuesday and we're just going to wait and post it till this weekend. And we decided to hold off until, I mean, what is it? Seven o'clock on Sunday night. Yeah. Uh, and we got a lot more to talk about because of it. So I'm glad we did that. Uh, we'll get around to the Colts training camp, uh, preview here in a little bit, but first we want to go through all this fun NFL news that's popped up this week. Uh, Andrew, this was uh, your first and favorite, I think, so why don't you go ahead and uh, tell us what we're going to chat about first.
1: Yeah, so this came out uh, Thursday, I think. Um, the Washington franchise, um, it's going to call itself the Washington football team for this year. Yes. The Washington football team.
0: I don't think it'll last all year.
1: They said it's its currently right now the permanent name they're still working on, obviously, but... Um,
0: So you made a bigger deal out of this than I did. I thought Um, it
1: was I just think this is incredibly stupid. I mean Well, I mean
0: they're an incredibly stupid franchise. I think you just want to pick a name and go with
1: it, but this this kind of just shows how how dumb this this franchise is, plus the leadership at the top. Yeah, I mean there's probably some legal struggles, but really how how incompetent do you have to be to just go with Washington Football Team? It's not I, that's hard. That's what everybody's
0: calling them anyway. It's not hard to pick. That's a what team everybody's name. calling them right now anyway. So the reason this happened uh, is because the article that came out announcing officially that the Washington Football Team was going to change their name uh, was because in that article they used the name that they were changing fifteen times. So that got a lot of bad flack. So. I assume this is them just trying to appease, you know, more sponsors and stuff. Uh, So, I mean, it makes sense. It is funny. But, I mean, if you think about it this way, they're they're trying to come up with a name for their billion-dollar business.
1: Yeah, you know what I mean? It, it's it's
0: kind of an important step in in business making. Usually, you pick the name first. <laughs> yeah, you usually don't have to change it later. So, uh, I mean, it, it's a big decision. But you would think you could these guys are decide making, on a name before the start are making of the year.
1: So much money, and I mean, you can think of people all around the country who play Madden, and it takes them maybe five minutes to decide on a name for their Ultimate Team. Yeah. Shouldn't this shouldn't be that that big that long of a process. I mean, if you've got the guys in the right positions, the the right creative minds, you should be able to come up with a name, come up with a branding, a slogan. It all should be done pretty quick. Um I just I just think it speaks to the the incompetence and 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 really I mean it d- didn't surprise me that this is what they came up with considering yeah. what the franchise is. But um yeah, I just thought it was pretty ridiculous. Unbelievable. Andrew Do you hear this? (laughs) This is a... uh, Unreal. That's the studio, ma'am.
0: We need to get a sign. Recording.
1: (laughs) We do. My girlfriend just walked into our studio. That's the most she's listened to the podcast in the last month. Well, when I told her that I mentioned that I (laughs) spoke of her when she was crying about Tyler Eifert, she did listen to that episode. Yeah, Paige just told me she listened to one this week. She
0: was just on a four-hour drive uh, up to Michigan. Went to away. I said, So you listen to the podcast all the way up, right? That'll pass the time. She was like, No. I was like, that's not that my feelings. Rip. So, um, so yeah, Washington football team it is. Uh, I still think by at least by the end of the year they'll have a name. No, you know what? I lied. If they don't have a name by the start of the official season, then they will just stick it out with whatever with the Washington football team. Um They should have really went with club
1: club would have would been, been better. awesome yeah I think at first when you
0: sent me this like when you text me and you were like bro i swear i thought you're gonna tell me they permanently named it the washington football club and i got <laughs> so excited because i said that during our ep- our last episode right um so not only are we going to talk about the colts training camp uh we also have just general training camp news for the nfl uh about how this process is going to go through so I don't know. We can both talk about a little bit about this. The daily uh, testing for COVID was approved through the first two weeks of training camp. And then it will decrease until it looks like every other day. Uh, If the positive test rate falls below 5% and below anything in single digits, I think is a win for any, uh, for the NFL in general.
1: Right. And this is something that the players really pushed hard for this, this past week, the NFL and the NFL PA have really been negotiating and trying to get things done quickly so that training camps can start on time and, and we can move forward with the season. So players really wanted daily, um, testing, um, at least for till things get started. And then once it gets below 5%, um, then they want it to go every other day. So that was a win for the players. And then obviously, I think we talked about this before, there's going to be no preseason games this year. Um, and it's going to be a longer acclimation period for the players in camp. So um, that's just, and and we've talked about that possibility. That's
0: just a killer for the the fringe guys, rookies mostly. Yeah,
1: so it's, it's going to make, practice definitely a a bigger emphasis yeah um you're not going to get as many live reps unfortunately but the players really wanted this because they want this time um instead of prepping for preseason games they want more time to get in shape um kind of lower the risk of injury because if you're trying to jump right back into it right away um you're obviously you're not used to your body's not used to it there's going to be a higher risk of injury so the players rather Would have that longer time to train and get back into shape rather than prepare for preseason games, so it's understandable.
0: Um, back on the testing, uh, some people might wonder what the big deal is. You know, why not test every day? Which does make sense, but it's not the NBA. It's not, uh, even baseball. I mean, there's way there's way too many people involved, or there's at least way more people involved, uh, in taking care of this or that are involved in football games in general mm-hmm. and let alone football team uh so that is the reason i would assume that the nfl is fighting so hard against testing every day but they do have a company i can't remember the name uh that is basically sponsoring and, and taking care of all the testing yeah for
1: and i don't think they were necessarily fighting hard too hard against it i think just being able to get the the sheer, the sheer amount of tests available because, there well, at least in starting training camp, there's going to be 80 to 90 guys on every team times 32 teams. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of people. Plus, that, that and that's just players. That doesn't include um, coaches, training staff, the guys that are going to be around the team constantly that are also going to be tested. I think tested. what's
0: most important is trying to find a way to get test results more quickly because especially if you switch to every other day, because let's say you test negative on Monday, don't get tested on Tuesday. Get tested on Wednesday. If you don't get those results back until Thursday or Friday, I mean that's a few days now. Mm-hmm. You've been around an entire football team, and now it's it could kill the whole team. Not right. not literally kill, but I'm, it could ravage the right, team. Right, right. It could be bad news bears. So, um, so like you said, teams are going to have uh eighty to ninety players on the field in camp rosters at the start of the season. Are uh, or I'm sorry, are going to start at 90 um, and are going to be reduced to 80 players by August 15th. And you have written down in the notes here that if teams have more than 80 players, they'll have to split into two or more groups. I hadn't heard that part yet. So they do have the option. It's just going to be... We're a real weird situation
1: yeah so and, and i've seen on twitter even today even where where teams are starting to cut players to get them under that that 80 player mark but um so you're allowed to keep the 90 players however if you do then you're you can't have them all together it has to be in smaller groups sure. um obviously due to covid and, and trying to keep it so if someone does test positive they're around less people um so it's it's going to be interesting to see if if teams really do keep that that amount of players on there, how they would split the groups up, um, how they would, um, whether they're going to just do keep all the defense together, keep all the offense together. Um, I've heard of some teams thinking about keeping the quarterbacks completely separate from everybody. I've heard because that. they don't want the quarterbacks to to be be around it or give them the least as much protection as they can against being around so many people. Um so it's going to be I've interesting about, to see what uh, different teams do.
0: I've heard a lot stuff about quarterbacks um the second string quarterback being almost completely quarantined from everybody mm-hmm. and like not using him for scout team or anything. So uh in our training camp that could be an opportunity for Jacob Eason to get more live reps not, or live ish reps in practice. Uh if they just do decide to, you know, try to keep Jacoby away from The majority of the team, because if you're if the guy goes down, if Philip Rivers goes down, you don't want to resort to your third string quarterback because your second string quarterback got it too.
1: Another angle to think about it in regards to this is you think of you think of when we signed Phil in the spring. Yeah. Um, How many people were talking about? Well, we need to try to get rid of Jacoby, try to trade him. Well, say Phil tests positive for for COVID and and can't play and is out and is in quarantine for a while if if we don't have Jacoby on the team then we do have to go to Jacob Eason or Chad Kelly uh-huh. um, and and do you really trust one of them at this point to be the starter and and lead us to a victory no I'm much I'm much more comfortable with Jacoby Brissett stepping in and, and for sure and being Somebody able to just
0: lead. played in the offense live games the for starter an entire for a year. season yeah so
1: it's – and this is what you can expect as a Colts fan. Chris – ever since Andrew Luck missed that first year with when Chris Ballard was the GM – Chris Ballard vowed that they will always have a viable backup quarterback. And and last year they tried to do so with Brian Hoyer. Obviously didn't work out. But this is why Jacoby Brissett is still on this team. The Colts are, I mean, we've said it over and over again, the Colts really love Jacoby Brissett, still think very highly of him. And in these situations particularly, if something happens to Phil injury-wise or on the COVID front, Jacoby's got to be ready to step in. And, and that's one of the best insurance policies that you can have. Probably one of the best in the league. Yeah,
0: we've had a discussion about who we think the best backup quarterbacks are in the league, and he's definitely high on our list. Uh, So, practice squad expanded to 16 players, and teams can protect up to four players from being claimed by other teams. What were the numbers on that prior? So, What's what's standard? So,
1: actually, this year... Before everything started happening, the practice squad was going to increase to 12. Normally it was 8, but it was going to increase to 12. Pretty sure you
0: need 8 or 11 players on the field to
1: to be able to... (laughs) Right, but but they they used some some of the backups for the scout team, but... So while it was increased to 12 for this year, now it's increased to 16 and, and you can even put veterans. It doesn't matter the experience this year, they can go on the practice squad just for this year. Cause normally the practice squad is reserved for, for guys that are only have only been in the league for a couple years at maximum. Um, so you can't put like a, like a really old player on the practice squad per se, but this year you can, because obviously things are going to be a little bit different and, and, you can protect up to four players on your practice squad because normally the guys that are on the practice squad, they're fair game for other teams. If someone sure. wants to come in, this happened last year, Deion Kane was put on the practice squad, um, the Colts, and the Steelers came in and offered him a, a contract to be on their active roster. So those guys that are on the practice squad, they can sign with any team. But under these rules, the teams get a little bit of an, of an advantage or a little bit of protection where if they want to put somebody on there in case – something happens with covid then they're there to take over so um it allows more players to be on the teams considering they since the rosters are going down a little bit this kind of covers that for those fringe guys um but it also allows the team to to kind of protect their own backs per se so um i i really liked that incentive and um i think it'll help teams out this year too sure uh camp timeline
0: interesting uh all the rookies have reported that's awesome. Saw some really cool videos from the Colts uh production team with mm-hmm. uh our rookies coming into the building. Uh by the way, one by one. They yeah. never had two of them in the building, no. in the locker room, anything at the same time. The closest that was crazy.
1: The closest I saw was with Jacob Eason and Rodrigo Blankenship taking a pick together. I didn't um, even I didn't I don't yeah. think I caught that. Yeah, I saw because uh Rigo put it on his instagram saying that uh, the dogs were back together because they went because eason was at georgia with him sure so that's the but that's the only thing i saw anyone being really close to each other to.
0: our starting kicker a dog <laughs> we'll see we'll see it's my prediction uh so here it is uh day one testing virtual meetings two to three virtual meetings Day four, more testing and virtual meetings. So,
1: really, the whole first week is just virtual that, meetings and physicals. And, and physicals, getting everybody back into the building and, and ready to go. Uh, then
0: they got a week of strength and conditioning. They do get a day off in there. Uh, and then they finally could start practice day 16.
1: Yep. So, give them that, that walkthroughs, f- that full week, notepads. Right. The, so, the that week of. Of strength and conditioning, that's kind of the acclimation period that we were talking about. That the players really wanted; they didn't want to just get right back into practice, um, be able be able to really get back into shape and and back into the training of it. And then, like you said, those practices will be the first five days or so. Of practice will be more walkthroughs, more individual drills, um, no What's, live hitting, things of that nature.
0: Day one is Tuesday. Uh, I believe they have until August first. To decide if they want to opt out of the season, correct. Cannot opt back in, mm-hmm. uh, and I believe if you opt out later, you're not. You don't get any of the guaranteed pay, or I'm correct. not sure that that's insane. Yeah, I, I mean, give the what is this day? Day seven through fifteen is strength and conditioning. That's the first time they're really into any kind of routine where they're going to be around each other how are they supposed to make a decision when they haven't even gotten into the real thicket things anyhow i mean i don't think you should opt out for an entire season that's just insane i
1: think it's i think it's more of if if you're going to be there for the physicals and and the strength and conditioning part of it you've already made your decision that you're going to play for this year. But this they don't is... know what
0: it's going to be like. That's the whole point in an opt-out
1: point is I want to go see what it's going to be like. You don't even – you don't know what it's going to be like. They, you haven't started anything yet. I think the opt-out – I don't think it's that. I think the opt-out is more of do you do you want to risk – do you want to have that risk of being around all those people? That's what they have to consider before they even go into it. Yeah. Um. I mean the – there, there was a memo sent out to the players from the NFLPA that that is was very detailed this week, giving what exactly all of the all the policies are going to be, how everything was was going to take place in each organization, um, so that the players they have all the information already of what's going to happen. So if they can they can get in and maybe. Way maybe taking these physicals. There's something found that, that maybe something's not off. And then maybe then you opt out. So that that could be something. But the players have all the information about the policies. They're they're not going to hear anything new um before August first. So um I think that gives them plenty of time. They've obviously probably already been thinking about what they're going to do. Um and and the teams for the team's sake, they kind of need to know what to do. So and, and especially with, with what our next bullet point is here. I think it's uh, quite obvious that teams are going to need to know ahead of time, especially if a starter pops out.
0: Yeah, no joke. Uh, day 21, first practice uh, padded. So uh, in regards to what you were just talking about, Chiefs starting right guard Laurent Duveray uh, Tar- Duver- Tardif, very Sorry. Uh, as the first NFL player to opt out of playing this year due to COVID-19. Uh, he also does, I'm sure people have heard about this. He holds a doctorate. He's the only player in the NFL currently that has a doctorate, mm-hmm. uh, and is going to be working in healthcare for this year, trying to fight, uh, the COVID virus, uh, at this time.
1: Yeah. He's, I mean, you got to respect this man's decision ever since things came out. That's what he's been doing. He's been on the front lines, um, fighting this disease helping with patient care um and and he's seen it firsthand and 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 he thinks he would his responsibility should be out there to help to help those people rather than than play the game that he loves so um really i i don't fault any player that wants to um opt out i personally i wouldn't but i mean everyone's going to have their own reasons his reasons pretty damn good sure um so and i think you're going to see probably more and more players come out and, and opt out some will surprise you others won't
0: imagine the balls on a rookie yeah deciding to opt out how crazy would that be or is gonna be if one of them do it yeah. i can't imagine any of those I, kids doing it they're 23 years old I they think they're made of iron
1: i can't either but i mean you never know crazier things have happened so yeah um e- either way you got to respect their decisions. It's, it's, it's totally up to them. And, um, it is going to take some courage opting out of their your, your entire season for something you've been working your whole life for. So, um, for sure. Uh, moving along here, the jets, the giants and the
0: Eagles, uh, are going to be playing 2020 season without fans. So, uh, that's official. That's quick. Um, but those areas, it makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I added in here, and I think you changed this note uh, from what it said. I think think he had want to play season without fans when I added this extra note. Uh, The Raiders, who were pissing and moaning about having to leave the first few rows uh, open, uh, at least, so they're farther away from the fans, Mm -hmm. all of a sudden was Al Davis. Is that his name? I couldn't think of that name. Mark Davis. Mark Davis. Al Al Davis was his father. I couldn't think of Mark Davis' dad. Her uh, name to save my life the other day when I put this note in. Uh, but anywho, he now has come out and said he, that uh, he thinks it would be a good idea to have no fans for 2020. After mm. he's pissing and moaning about six rows, <laughs> hilarious.
1: Well, that's the Raiders for you. But yeah, it's... I guess. Well,
0: I mean, the reason is because they were sold. Every home game was sold out for the oh, 2020 yeah. season. Oh already. yeah, I so, bet.
1: I mean, it makes sense. It's yeah. that, that new beautiful stadium. So each each franchise is going to have to follow their their local their local protocols um, consult with their their local governments and and healthcare care officials um, so some teams will will have fans um, other teams won't so these are these are just three and i'm sure there's going to be more announced here in the coming weeks um It was just announced this week that our next point is the the Colts for Lucas Oil Stadium. Ugh. 25% capacity. So um, it is –
0: I get screwed out of some of these games that I'm (laughs) supposed to be going to. I already have a ticket to the Bengals game, Mm -hmm. technically. I have one. Uh, I better be getting a refund if not. Oh, yeah. Well, no, that's the thing is I've got those tickets through uh, the 5K. Mm. And I got an email – uh, about delay and the amount of time it's going to be till I can reserve my seats or whatever because of everything going on, and we're not sure what it's going to be. Uh, so who knows?
1: Maybe I'll get some of that money back if I can't yeah. go to that game. But if I don't get to see Joe Burrow, I'm going to be real mad. Yeah. So 25% capacity—that's more than a lot of a lot of stadiums and a lot of teams have announced already. So um, I applaud the Colts for that. I mean, that'll be that'll be fun. Now. As you guys probably know, I am a season ticket holder, and what they announced is, is basically how they're going to do it is there's going to be two different plans. Um, well, first, if you want to, you can just defer your tickets to next year, which great move. Love that the Colts are and probably every NFL team is doing that. Classy organization. But but then there's going to be like two different packages that that you can pick of, of of four different games that you can choose. So, if you're a season ticket holder and and you haven't seen that yet, that's that's basically what it's going to be like. So, um I'll get to go to to four games this year. Hopefully maybe some more um if Man. I can get other tickets, but it, I kind of figured I wouldn't be wouldn't be going to all of them this year. So, But, again, We better get to go to that Ravens game. The Ra- Yeah, that might be. I swear be. to God. We'll see. <laughs>
0: if I don't get to go see Lamar Jackson, I'm going to be one pissed off pup. <laughs> we'll uh, see. And then another announcement by the NFL this week. Fans required to wear masks at all NFL games uh, for the 2020 season. Don't hate that. Uh, well, I think it's a
1: smart move and, and really not ex- unexpected at all. I'm I'm pretty sure that that – if you've been following this and following what the NFL has been doing, you knew this was coming. And, and really, I think with, if you want to be able to go to the games, it's going, it's a, and it's a small price to pay to go to these games and, and enjoy live football.
0: Yep. At the end of the day, it, you don't have to like it, but you got to do it. If you want to go, it's a private business. They can kick your butt right on out. If right. you're not going to wear one. So, um, which again, if in case you're unaware, it's for the people around you, not for yourself. So even though you're brave, let's, Take care of the people around us here. Um, so that's it on the masks, uh, training camp schedule, fan capacity. But that's not the only news that occurred this week. There was a big thing that happened yesterday. Just yesterday, Jamal Adams traded to the Seahawks. What a
1: defense that's going to be. What a what a deal that the Jets got for him. So I, I don't. I feel like it was warranted. I don't know, man.
0: I mean, he's so young. Isn't he still on his rookie contract? He's still on his rookie
1: contract, but the he's thing so is, he's so young and he's the best safety in the league. Mm, he's uh, the he's, best safety in the league. He's up there. There's there's depending on what kind of safety you want, but so so here here were here's what the the Jets and the Seahawks the uh the deal for the trade. So, the Jets obviously gave away Jamal Adams, and then a fourth round pick in 2022 to Seattle. And then the Seahawks um, sent over Bradley McDougal, um, who's also a safety, um, a first round pick in 2021, a third round pick in 2021, and then another first round pick in 2022. Um, and while while Jamal Adams is a good player, I would not give up two first round picks for a safety. I just would not give up two first round picks for a safety. That's that's a lot, and that the Jets can definitely use that to build around Sam Darnold or get people on that defense that that actually want to be there. Um, I that, I think the Jets made out great with this. They they stuck to their guns and they didn't give a give Jamal Adams away for the first offer they received just because he was moaning and complaining that he didn't want to yeah. be there. They they really said I right, we're gonna get what we want out of this. And Seattle Seattle gave it. So I mean, I guess Seattle really likes him, but I would not give away two first round picks for for a safety. Safeties aren't I mean, I just don't see it. I that's mean, yeah, the, I know he's a he's a phenomenal player, but safeties really aren't the, aren't the the building blocks of a defense,
0: I would say. No, but you know, when you got a safety that's getting sacks sh- sack strip fumbles, uh, you know, it's kind of an exception to the rule. Yeah, but also, did you see uh LeVeon Bell and him beefing on the oh old, yeah, the old internet definitely. today? That's hilarious. Uh so that's it for NFL news this week. Uh there was a lot of news. I mean, hopefully we just keep getting all sorts of fun stuff. Football's almost back. Hey, pro football talk lives back. So I've had uh regular football news to listen to, other than just Pat McPhee spouting off about stuff mostly uh he's
1: getting married next weekend congratulations to pat mack i got i'm
0: supposed to be the special guest of honor what the hell Uh, oh yeah yeah uh
1: so moving on
0: andrew colt's training camp getting started we already discussed rookies are there uh and tuesday so will everybody else uh so what do you got what do you what's your biggest question heading into camp this year
1: so probably for me the biggest question would be with with everything going on and this is the first time that the rookies have really even been in the building um so with with everything going on with covid with all the restrictions uh no preseason games how big of an impact are these rookies going to be able to make this year uh with everything being so so different and them not being able to to really have as much as much time or as much much practice to to really get into the fold. I mean, we've been expecting big things from Michael Pittman Jr., mm-hmm. Jonathan Taylor. Um, how big of an impact are they really going to? How, have? how are
0: they going to be able to get right. before week one, two, three?
1: Right, and I do yeah. I do think that in regards to to those those young men they're they're very mature and they're both incredibly hard workers so that's not going to be a question it's more going to be mastery of the offense um getting adjusted to to the speed of the nfl things of that nature so um it's going to be interesting to see i definitely think the the rookies are are a little bit behind the eight ball on on some of these things but in regards to having the guys in position that can overcome that i think those two especially um definitely have the ability to do it but we'll see it's going to be interesting to see how camp goes well for me it's
0: not necessarily even just about our team uh but it is a player from our team that sparked the idea in my head uh philip rivers during a call about how everything was going to be handled this year this was a while back and i think i've been meaning to bring this up for a while and if i did already i forgot so uh he mentioned the Super Bowl. If a player tests positive but is asymptomatic, is he are they going to be allowed to play in the Super Bowl? And they said basically no, you'll have to be quarantined unless you can produce two negative tests. Uh so my question is, are there any guys out there right now crazy enough to get it on purpose? Now? Get so, it out of the way. So that way they, And then they, they have zero risk the rest of the season. Have, yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? If you're in good health and whatnot, I mean it's I, I don't recommend
1: it. That's but, playing with fire for sure.
0: I mean, get it on. You know, who do you, Where do you buy COVID, by the way, to go do that? But <laughs> oh um, ma'am, could you cough on my vegetables? <laughs> uh, that's a wild, that's a hot take right there. I'm just there. saying, like, I mean, is it crazy, though, to think that some, I, I know there's players in the NFL that if somebody was like, hey, I can get you exposed, let's get this in and out of your system, I, there's got to be guys. They,
1: they may have been exposed to it already. They may have already sure. had it and gotten over it. So uh, that's Need an antibody
0: test for yeah, sure.
1: Right. So that that's definitely something that that maybe some people could could happen, but I don't think it's a thing that most players <laughs> would actually seriously can contemplate
0: doing. Especially on a team that might make the Super Bowl. Yeah. You know what I mean? And not just us, but I think about the Chiefs. Think about Patrick Mahomes. What if that poor soul got it? You know. After the AFC Championship game, man, that'd be tough. Yeah, who's, so, their,
1: who's their backup? Is that Chase Daniel, Matt Moore, someone? Try to throw that. I think there.
0: they got rid of Matt Moore. I think they picked up Chase Daniel.
1: I don't know. I don't, I don't even know. We who talked their about is. it during. Yeah,
0: uh, yeah. Oh well, um, you know, there's a guy, Colin Kaepernick, that could get picked up in times like that. Who knows? Oh, yeah. yeah, we'll see. Never know. Uh, so, moving on, we got uh, quite a bit of training camp battles uh that could result in some just for starting positions uh or even just making the team uh and i think probably the most important one is going to be at kicker chase mclaughlin uh and rodrigo Blankenship. yeah it's, I don't know why I use a
1: German accent for his last name. <laughs> <I> don't a <laughs> Spanish either. name. It's it's go- the post Adam Vinatieri era. So, I mean, at, while the Colts haven't officially said anything about Adam Vinatieri coming back, we can pretty much assume sold that, his house. That yeah, he did put his house on the market in Indianapolis. So, we can pretty much assume that that there's going to be a new kicking era in Indianapolis. So, uh, Chase McLaughlin was was pretty solid for us at the end of last year um, once Adam went on IR he was uh, five or six on field goals made all 11 extra points so um, he was he was pretty solid for us and the Colts really like him but um, the Colts also brought in Rodrigo Blankenship the hot rod the uh, Rex Specs from from Georgia who was pretty one of the top college kickers for for a few years it wasn't just last year for a sure. couple of years, um, and they they gave him a I think it was like twenty thousand dollars signing bonus, which for an undrafted free agent that's pretty big money. So the yeah. Colts the Colts definitely had their eye on him, and wanted would be happy to take twenty grand. One to make sure that he was in the building. So it's gonna be a pretty pretty intense competition, um, and I think it's only good for the Colts because we're gonna get a a solid kicker to be able to to start the Adam the post Adam Vinatieri era so um my prediction is I think that while Chase was solid um I think that Blankenship is going to come a- in regal! And, and take the job and um we're going to have a rookie kicker so that'll be that'll be interesting
0: I hope so uh that's also a position that with all the COVID stuff going on that uh, a rookie kicker shouldn't really be affected much by the lack of preseason and whatnot. I mean, they're just going to sit and kick balls, you know? Um, and although, like you said, Chase did a good job for us, I can't figure out why he played for three different teams last year. I think you know it, what I mean? Some what, what was going on there that he was doing okay, he was bouncing around, but not good enough to make any teams or stick with any teams?
1: I think it was because he would come in for – Four teams when their kicker was injured, injured, but when they came back, they didn't need Chase anymore, so they let him go. That
0: could be. I don't remember. Did was he on the Patriots at all last year? I know he was in no, with the Bills, so, I think. So
1: right before the the Colts picked him up, it was that week the the Patriots wanted to pick him up because that's when Goskowski went down with his injury and the Hilarious. Colts didn't they release him? They did this year. After no, the
0: year. Goskowski. No, they yeah. nobody signed him yet though
1: I don't think so okay uh, but anyway the Colts had a higher waiver priority so that's why they took they took Chase McLaughlin and and were able to get him so a um, little backstory on that one right there
0: awesome uh so yeah both of us I think are gonna pick Blankenship and chip in that one um then a little battle over the starting middle linebacker we got
1: Anthony Walker and Bobby O'Kariki. yeah so Anthony Walker um really a s- solid middle linebacker um Darius Leonard's definitely a big fan those guys are for sure tight as you can be um He's he's very respected in the locker room. One of the young voices within the locker room that I think carries a lot of weight, and and he, I think he's really underrated in in most circles around the league. Um, now, Bobby Okereke um, was a rookie and he came on very very strong, and and you could see him him really making strides towards the end of the year. Um, so it's going to be a battle within camp. Anthony Walker is in a contract year, and Bobby Ogariki really is coming on strong. The Colts see Pro Bowl potential in him. Um, he he flies around the ball. He's great in pass coverage, um, so so we'll see. It's definitely going to be the best man will we'll take the job um, and be alongside Darius Leonard on, on most plays. Uh, my early indications and my early prediction would be that anthony walker does get the starting middle linebacker job however i think it's going to be split about 50 50 playing time with okariki and walker maybe walker on more of the running downs and then okariki coming in on more of the passing situations because of his speed and his ability to cover a little bit better than walker can i think that's probably a good prediction
0: Uh, But I think Anthony Walker is going to have to keep earning that spot every week. Oh, for sure. Uh, It's not going to be easy for him, but I do think he's a highly underrated player that uh, hopefully has another really good year. This next one I don't think is, I don't think it's really much of a battle for the starting position. We got Zach Paschal uh, and Michael Pittman Jr. I just, I think Michael Pittman Jr. got drafted into the starting spot. I think he's going to be wide receiver too with that no questions asked
1: well this kind of goes along with with my question though with with camp not being a, a traditional camp and with no off-season workouts Zach Pascal definitely has the upper hand and and Zach Pascal was no slouch last year I mean no not at a, all he had a great year he's a guy that that really stepped up and and did the best that he can to help this offense when T.Y. Hilton went down um, he led the Colts in in receptions last year I think maybe yards and 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 receiving touchdowns as well um but he was he was up there and 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 the Colts organization really loves what Zach Paschal brings to the locker room. Um, he's a do everything guy. He loves to block. He's physical. Um, he'll he'll do everything, and he he works so hard. So Michael Pittman Jr. isn't just going to be given this number two. I didn't position. say he
0: was going to be given it. I am saying I think he's that kind of player. I think he's that he's going to be a special player for this team, and I think he's going to be uh, the next one to carry the torch as the long term yeah. uh, Colts receiver. And I think. With the extra time he's, we're gonna have now without preseason games, uh, just to put more work in. Even though it's not gonna be live reps, I think start of the season you see Michael Pittman Jr. out there uh, over Zach Pascal.
1: Very well could, but I mean Zach Pascal will be out there for for a considerable amount of snaps too. So yeah, um, I, absolutely. It, I
0: I don't disagree with
1: that. It'll be how quickly Michael Pittman Jr. can really can really acclimate himself to the nfl game um master the offense things of that nature but um zach pascal is not going to go anywhere i can tell you that right now
0: sure uh and then starting defensive end kamoko terre Danico autry al muhammad bro have you seen these videos of yes. kamoko terre and robert mathis
1: that man's hands are absurdly quick unbelievable and that's and they weren't like that when he first came in the league that's all on him working with robert mathis and robert mathis really molding him into um a, the potential to be a star pass rusher so kamoko Torrey, he is he's such an incredibly hard worker he's going to be more motivated than ever to come back from this um from this injury and and really show that that the beginning of last year wasn't just a fluke, and he can continue this through a whole season. Now I think there is a chance that Denico Autry though um, can slide over to that other defensive end spot, especially on on particular running downs, and kind of fill more of that Jabal Sheer Sheer role, someone that can really set the edge in the running game. Um, he, his original position before he came to the Colts was defensive end. It wasn't just over, on in the middle. Um, the Colts kind of moved him there when when they signed him in free agency. So a little bit more familiar with the with the defensive end position. And I mean, while he had a kind of a down year last year. Two years ago, when they brought him, he had nine and a half sacks. So yeah. he's got potential. And then Al Muhammad, I think he's probably third on this list of, of potential to start there. Um, again, really good in the run game, but I mean, he produces quality snaps. So I think if I had to choose, I would probably say to start, it'd be D'Anico Autry, but very well by the end of the year, depending on how Kamoko Torre can develop. As, as we know, the pass rushing skill set is there. What year is he? Kamoko Ture, this will be his third year. Third? Okay. So, depending on on how he'll be able to play against the run in particular, I think if he can really step that up as well, that will solidify himself as the other starting defensive end um, across from Justin Houston.
0: I just can't help but laugh thinking about how a couple months ago I was making fun of Jameis Winston for dodging punching bags at the gym <laughs> with the trainer. <laughs> right. And now I'm like, oh, my God, did you see Kamoko Ture – Pounding those those mitts with
1: <laughs> <laughs> you can with, barely see his hands when he's. Doing oh my that. god! It's absurd. They're fast.
0: They're not boxer fast, but they're they were unbelievably fast. Um, number three quarterback this year uh, is, I guess, in the air. Technically, um, Jacob Eason, Chad Kelly. I think we both agree on who is going to be making the team. I think maybe. Chris Ballard's really rubbing in the the third-string competition uh, to motivate Jacob Eason, uh, but Chad Kelly impressive preseason last year
1: yeah I think I think Jacob Beeson will be the one that makes the team and ultimately has that third quarterback spot um, do I see the Colts possibly be keeping Chad Kelly on the practice squad again absolutely I think that would be a good spot for him to continue to develop um, and, and maybe if if the Colts want to he could be one of the four guys they keep in case something happens where Philip Rivers and Jacoby Brissett goes down and they need an emergency quarterback or something like that so um, I think and, and while I do think that that Chris Ballard is saying that to really motivate Jacob Um, it's it's also kind of falls in line with with how ballard runs the team that it doesn't matter if you're drafted or if you're undrafted you got to prove it to to stay on this team and have a role so and with everything that i've seen and heard about what jacob beeson has been doing this offseason he's been putting in the work pretty pretty regularly already which is which is great to see so um i it's he's definitely going to light up some some practices here in training camp with, with that laser Laser rocket arm, laser rocket arm. It's. I it's, saw
0: Peyton Manning on TV today that made me happy.
1: Nice. He. So it's it's going to be a little competition there. I do think Eason eventually uh, takes the third third quarterback position, but um, Kelly could be on the practice squad.
0: While we're on quarterback here, uh, some stuff popped out this week as well. Apparently, the betting favorite for the team that would land Dak Prescott in the event that he were able to test the market next year, uh, would be the Indianapolis Colts.
1: Yeah, I saw that. I don't uh I don't think they're going to be putting out big money for Dak Prescott. It depends on the kind of year we'll he has see. this
0: year, but I, I imagine the Cowboys will pay him if he does that. Right. But uh if for some reason he hit the open market, I, I heard that I also saw that there were rumors this year uh, that the Colts were very interested if he hit the market this year. Like, I can't remember where I saw it, but her they had heard that we'd have been willing to pay 35 a year for hmm. uh, Dak Prescott if he hit the open market this I year. I don't know about that one. I'd, I'm not a fan of the idea. I'm not a big fan of Dak Prescott. I don't think he's all that great. I think he's good. I think he's solid. And I think, you know, I, I do think he's better than Andy Dalton. Are you good? Yeah. Just getting
1: your aerobic exercises in? No. In, in between? Checking to make sure my AC was working. Go on. <laughs> Ballerina over here. <laughs> um, but,
0: yeah, okay, moving on from Dak. We, I, it, it's not going to happen. The Cowboys signed him anyway, but I just thought that was interesting. We are betting favorites. Um, Reserve DT Tyquan Lewis and Robert
1: Windsor. Robert Windsor, there we go. Conversation done. <laughs> we talked about this, and uh, so do the guys on uh, 1% Better, but it's – Tyquan Lewis he just hasn't really shown much since the Colts drafted him. I mean, he's yeah. been a second round pick and he's been he's been really hurt even when he's been on the field he hasn't produced. And and the Colts are really excited about Robert Winsor especially because of that high motor and that intensity that he's going to bring. So, it's kind of polar opposites. Tyquan Lewis is is more of a, a guy that's 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 kind of more laid back um, doesn't necessarily really show that fire, but Robert Windsor does. So it's going to be, it's going to be pretty interesting to see. I think Robert Windsor makes the team. I think Tyquan Lewis. Absolutely. I think, I, I think for sure. I think it's, it's probably the end of the road for Tyquan Lewis and and Robert Windsor is, is coming. So it's a big year for Tyquan. And, and if he really doesn't put together a, a very impressive training camp, I think he's out the door. Well,
0: I think I have to agree with you there. I, th- I like Robert Windsor. Uh, Then who's our
1: number five receiver? Who's our number four receiver? Well, we have T.Y. Hilton, Zach Paschal, Michael Pittman Jr., and Paris Campbell. So that's oh, four yeah. right I, there. Oh, there
0: we go. I couldn't think. I was totally forgetting about Paris Campbell. There's a the problem.
1: And he's going to probably be our starting slot receiver to begin yeah. the year. Yeah, okay.
0: Got me there. Just a brain fart. Sorry, everybody. Uh, We got Reese Fountain, Marcus Johnson, Desmond Patton. Oh. You said, I just, you said Patman was going to make the team. I said that before. I knew we'd still be cance- I Before I knew we we're canceling preseason games, and I don't know that it's going to be tough for him for sure. Uh, the the more I think about it now, and the way things have been progressing with COVID, probably Reese Fountain.
1: Yeah, that's kind of where I'm leaning. Um, each each one of them brings brings a little bit different skill set. So Reese Fountain was a was a fifth round pick of the Colts um, a couple years ago. I think this will be his third year as well. Um, he he was having having a really good training camp last year and, and really showing flashes what the Colts saw in him uh, a big-bodied wide receiver who can also run routes. Um, however, he had that really bad uh, ankle injury against the uh, when we were in those joint practices with the Browns last year. Um, and that kind of derailed everything. So if he can put together another strong training camp, I think he has the upper edge Marcus Johnson. Um, he's a reliable,
0: veteran. consistent.
1: Yeah. He's a guy that he, he can play special teams. Um, he was, uh, seen as more of a deep threat last year, uh, towards the end of the year, Jacoby really liked throwing it deep to uh-huh. him. Um, so he's, he is, like you said, he is consistent and he is reliable. Um, but are the Colts going to go with more of a younger guy that, that they invested draft capital in, or is it going to be Marcus Johnson kind of a more veteran presence on there, especially with having more younger wide receivers like, Michael Pittman Jr., Paris Campbell, even even Zach Paschal is only been in the league for a couple of years. So, and then Desmond Patman, I I've said this all along. I think he's just so raw, and he really needs time to develop um, the route tree that the NFL uses, um, be able to use his body a little bit better, and and he just needs developed all the way around. So he'd be a great practice squad candidate and someone that the Colts can really work with um, to mold for for maybe next year and and for years to come.
0: Yeah, I just, I don't think he's going to be able to pull it off with the changes that are now set in stone. Mm-hmm. Hate to see it. I'm disappointed in he'll, myself.
1: He'll have his shot, though. Don't worry. He's hes pretty big. He's pretty talented. So I think he'll get his chance.
0: And great hair.
1: Phenomenal hair.
0: Great hair. Can't let it go. Uh, So that's it. That's the episode. See ya. Bye. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> So, uh, if you guys could please do me a quick favor, go ahead and uh, take out a pen and paper, and then write down this reminder to uh, go rate, subscribe, and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts.
1: If you're driving, uh, tell Siri to make a note, or whoever make a
0: note. Whoever Android person is, oh, this bitch. Um. (laughs) So, also go follow us on uh, social media at the. to fan. That's at T H E E H D U C A T E D F A N.
1: You know the rules. Not reading it again. Uh, We'd love yeah. to talk to some other Colts fans about what they think about training camp, what they think about these battles. So uh, if you're listening and you have opinions, definitely hit us up on social media. We'll be happy to discuss it with you, and uh, should be a fun time.
0: Send us some uh, questions for gosh sakes. Been asking Facebook, Instagram. Email, I don't care what you do. Just send us some questions.
1: AOL instant message. Also, go
0: check out, uh, Listen, I've been listening to some Gary Vee lately, and he had a guest on, uh, graphic graphic designer guy. Uh, go look up on Instagram at NFL Nature Week, I think is what it is. This dude like remade every NFL team's logo.
1: I saw you put that on our story for Instagram. Yeah, it was super
0: cool. I put the Colts one on there. Uh, but they're all on there They're really cool So go look at that page Go like that stuff um, But yeah that's it Hope you guys have a good week Hope the Colts uh Have a 0% COVID Positive test Hang rate on. this week Uh, And we will Chat with you guys next week Take it easy Here comes the
1: Here comes the Here comes the Y'all don't really worry like oh, yeah. Here comes the Here comes the, here comes the Y'all don't really want it now. Here comes the. Here comes the. Here comes the. Y'all don't really want it now. Oh, yeah. the, oh, the, oh, the, really want you it now. It I said so. I keep big bills up in my hood. on look dirty like black. So ain't got no.